we've lost half of all reporters in the U.S. from 2008 to 2018. That's half as many stories about your local government being written. That's half as many stories about businesses being shuttered or or opened. It's half as many good stories, half as many bad stories. And that has a real impact on how people go about their daily lives, how people vote, how people make decisions for their welfare and their families. That's a big part of why we're doing what we're doing to, to help people get the information they need to make the best decisions they, they can about their lives. Welcome to Local Wire, a community news service podcast that brings Vermont news to your ears. I'm your host, Leah Kelleher. Before jumping into weekly Vermont audio news stories, I wanted to give you some context about the work we do here at Community News Service. Now, Community News Service is a bit of a mouthful, so I'll be using the acronym CNS from now on. You may have seen the work of a CNS student reporter in your local paper. Perhaps you came across a CNS story in the Heinsberg Record or Waterbury Roundabout. But what is CNS? Our managing editor, Corey Dawson, digital editor, Julia Bailey-Wells, and senior reporter, Meredith Rathburn, are here to help me tell the still-unfolding story of CNS. Here's Corey. CNS has essentially two main goals. One, it's to train young local reporters to get them interested in journalism and to cultivate that interest. And two is to provide editorial support for all these local newspapers um, all around the state. We sort of act as a conduit between publications and students that want to report for them, especially because so many of the small papers that we're working for are so resource strapped that a lot of the time the editors don't have time to manage a student as closely as they might like. And so we can sort of act as an in-between editor for them. That was Julia Bailey-Wells. Julia is our digital editor. I keep all of our websites updated and we have a couple of weekly newsletters that we send out. So I write a couple and then manage a couple of students with writing some of those as well. At this point, we have one for Waterbury that goes out every week. Heinsberg Record goes twice a month. Winooski News goes twice a month. Julia was one of our first CNS reporters in the summer of 2019. Richard Watts, our coordinator, had approached her with the opportunity to write local news. He said, I think me and Colin Paradis down and said, wouldn't you like to be a reporter? I'd written, but I didn't have like specific news reporting experience, but I'd worked with Headwaters Magazine, the environmental magazine on campus, and done more sort of like long form feature writing and some editing for them as well. I was the editor in chief at the time. That first summer, there were five of us, five or six, and we wrote for The Citizen, the other paper, The Shelburne News, Heinsberg Record, and a couple of other papers, but it was really like maybe seven papers in Chittenden County only. We sort of started kind of fluffy, which I think is pretty, pretty traditional for student news reporters, you know, business profiles and and sort of more lighthearted things around town. Now, two years after its conception, CNS is over 40 students strong. Our students partner with 16 newspapers across Vermont, from the Hardwick Gazette to the Richmond Times, Inc. to the Randolph Herald. And we still cover lighthearted stories, but student reporters now tackle complicated town government and accountability news. 
like police spending and select board meetings. Journalism that we try to do is, you know, government focused and accountability focused. But, you know, there's the, there's the whole range. You know, we try to do feature stories. We try to talk about people who are making differences in their communities. I think we've really transitioned to doing more hard news and like select board coverage recently, which has been really nice to see. Meredith Rathburn, one of our senior reporters, took on a challenging story last summer when writing about the Winooski School District's ability to ventilate the COVID-19 virus. Here's Meredith. There was this community member that um, was really concerned about the air quality within the school and how it wouldn't be like adequately filtering out COVID particles. So I had like many different conversations with um, this community member and then the PR person for the Winooski School District. It was pretty complicated and I had to become really knowledgeable about that subject, which was hard. And then you kind of realize how like bureaucratic things are. Then I'm like, just someone give me a straight answer on something because I'm just confused. I learned a lot from that, and I worked really hard on that piece. Meredith is a senior at UVM studying medical anthropology. She's one of our senior reporters and covers Winooski stories. Student reporters like Meredith take on challenging stories, but they're not alone in the writing process. Students will get assignments either from Corey or directly from the paper. They'll go out and report, they'll do their interviews, they'll get photos, hopefully. And then they'll bring that story either back to Corey or one of our other couple of part-time additional editors. Corey and Richard do such a good job understanding that we are students and we have courses that we're taking besides this, but also treating us like we are professionals and treating us like we know what we're doing, even if we don't feel like we know what we're doing. They make us feel like we are part of this field. We're part of this world. Even if we just started like two weeks ago or started, you know, a day ago, they're like, oh, well, you have this story. Here you go. And you're, you know, you're out there. You're starting to do it. As reporters, they're seeing how the real world works. It's the same process that you would go through if you were employed at the paper. You're finding your sources. You're contacting them directly. You're getting interviews. You're writing everything up. You know, you're going through the entire like pitch to final draft process that you would as a traditional news reporter. It's just that we have a little bit more of a specific relationship with papers so that they don't have to go through as much of the sort of logistical difficulty of getting aligned with students and getting their work up to par with a professional publication, something that's like ready to go to print. For some of them, this is the first time they're they're going to be doing interviews with people who are making real decisions about folks' lives. They're, they're getting to see not only the reporting side, as in calling people, um, getting reaction, doing research, but also the impact of their reporting. And a lot of these students like come in with no reporting experience, like people who have taken an English class or some of them have worked for the cynic. But, you know, we have a majority of students that have never done any news reporting. It's pretty like amazing to see the learning curve between students that come in and send in their first draft of their news story. And it's written like an essay or written like an academic paper and how quickly once you give them any idea of how the news is supposed to be, you know, written at this fifth grade level, it's supposed to be easy to comprehend. It's supposed to be succinct. Like there are all these sort of style specifics that that you learn. And like as soon as they do, like how quickly all these students pick everything up. I've definitely gotten so much more confident about my interview skills and definitely my writing skills as well. There's always time to improve, but I feel like 
this is something that I actually have like experience on that I can, you know, go to future employers and be like, well, this was actually a really formative experience. These students work for a town for months and they really get to know it. And I think there's a lot you can learn just from meeting the many, many people that are living in a place like that. It, it allows you to see your impact in the world very clearly and um, in stark relief. This is an internship and, and sometimes folks, um, you know, react differently to that. But I think that experience is universally important. That spark, that feeling of actually having an impact and, and writing for a general audience and uncovering things and and making it accessible to people, it made you feel almost like a superhero and, it, and it's, an, it's almost an addictive feeling. And I think many people who have come through the CNS get that same feeling. And that's what galvanizes a lot of reporters, the feeling that you're making a positive impact that gives them the confidence to keep going. You know, sometimes folks make a mistake too, and they also see the, the repercussions from that. For some students, like Meredith, CNS has helped guide potential career paths. When I was like younger, I always wanted to be a writer. When I was in high school, I kind of got into like science and medicine more, and I kind of got inspired by that and wanted to go to med school. And then I kind of realized I didn't want to do that when I once I got to college. So I don't really know what I would be doing going forward if I didn't have this experience because I was at a point where I was kind of lost in what I wanted to do. And when you're a kid, you're kind of like, oh, well, I could do this and I could do something like creative and, you know, something unrealistic. And then when you get older, like in high school or college, you're kind of like, well, well, all the money is in this and all the money is in STEM and science. And so I need to go for that. And then you kind of realize, well, if it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't, you're not enjoying what you're doing, why are you even doing it? I know what I don't want to do, but it's like now I don't know what I do want to do. And I think this was such a great opportunity because I did realize like this is something that I really enjoy and this is something that I could actually go into, something that could be realistic. In my introductory lessons to any of our reporters, I talk about why we're doing this and why it's important to provide good local content. To some, it might be a somewhat of a sad story, somewhat of a, a scary story. For so long, like local news has been told financially that it's not important. The economic model has has just been pulled out from under um, a lot of these papers, and, and it's and it's impossible to adapt. Prior to the financial crisis, although this was happening um, before the 2008 financial crisis, there was a shift to advertising online and it and it consolidated between two major companies google and facebook they they started to um suck up all the advertising revenue that papers used to rely on in print if you put a put a advertisement in the paper that brings in more revenue for the paper than an online advertisement there are some models that still still can work some papers have switched to a subscription model like the New York Times. Other papers have come up and started to do nonprofit models like the VT Digger in our own backyard. Seven Days is a good example of a nonprofit that's still using print advertisements to support their um, enterprise. But these are exceptions to the rule. Printing a paper is, is probably the biggest financial burden that a lot of these um, small outlets have. I can only imagine that it's at least half of their budget, if not more, going to the printing press. But it's, it's a catch-22, right? A lot of their readers rely on a print paper. <laughs> Fun little example from my own life. After college, I started working at the Burlington Free Press, and then I left and started working for VT Digger. Free Press was a print paper, and VT Digger was online only. 
my late grandmother loved it when I was writing for the free press because she could get the paper and read. And to her, that was a real news story. When I started working at Digger, she was like, what are you doing? Where are your stories? I'm not even sure if you're a reporter anymore. <laughs> and then when I went back to the Associated Press, um, my paper, my stories started showing back up in the free press because they were members. And she said, oh, great. I'm glad to see you're back in the paper. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about Vermont, which is um, generally an older state, a lot of these folks rely on getting their local print paper, but it's the exact thing that's putting them out of business. By providing all this free content that we can, you know, they can, hopefully they can focus more of their budget on continuing to provide a print product. Cause I think for a lot of the, a lot of the readers out here, it's really important. Um, and sometimes it's the only way that they're gonna figure out what's going on with their local government and you know that's that affects their taxes that affects um you know their emergency services two of the biggest issues that we see in local budgets and if we can provide a story about that perhaps they can keep the printing presses running there's so much going on all the time even in these like small towns that we are surrounded by and you know rural areas there's still so much going on there's still so much news happening For Julia, local news stories reveal important parallels between towns that are struggling with community issues like racism and environmental damage. There have been so many nearly identical news articles about towns in Vermont having very similar conversations about anti-racism. And you'll see a lot of the same characters come up in these different towns. You'll see it, you'll see it in Waterbury and you'll see sort of the same thing happening in Hinesburg like a month and a half later. Different towns, I think, could take note from one another on how they're working through things like towns starting to reckon with racism that maybe haven't, um, you know, different public works issues, environmental issues, all these sort of smaller things that are happening in town government. They're happening in every Vermont town. And to see, you know, how a certain government has dealt with it, how the citizens have reacted, what they've wanted and what the outcomes have been like. I think that there is a lot that those towns can learn from one another within that. But I also think for citizens in an individual town, a lot of these people are working. Not everyone has time to listen to the select board meeting. Having summaries of those things is really important for people within the towns. It helps them have a much quicker way to understand what's happening. And that sort of can be a springboard for them if they have a point in which they would want to become more involved. They have a quick way to understand if that even exists. People really miss each other. A lot of the readership of these papers are majority older people. And I think there's a lot, especially with like older people that might be at higher risk, there's a lot of like missed connection between people. And there's a lot of, you know, desire to know what's happening with other people in the town that you might normally get if you're, you know, walking to a coffee shop every day or something similar. You have the opportunity to learn about the other things that people are working on you know, what other people in the town are doing by reading the paper. And a lot of the stories that, you know, newspapers might not necessarily at this point have the resources to get, we're now giving them access to, you know, as these students go out and report on things that otherwise wouldn't be reported on. In the last six or seven months, we've done a ton of police accountability reporting, which I think has been really valuable and may not have been happening in these towns otherwise. There was a report last summer from Center for Research on Vermont that looked at police budgets across Vermont, the whole state, and did a breakdown analysis of how those compare to one another. And we did a lot of individual 
town-specific follow-up stories based on that research. And I think that probably wouldn't have happened without CNS. There wouldn't be as wouldn't have been as close reporting, I think, on it. There's been some incredible moves toward revitalizing several papers that we've really been helping out with. The Heinsberg record now relies on our reporters to provide content. We've been expanding into Winooski, which is you know, one of the most interesting communities in Vermont and has no newspaper. I can take no credit for the success of the Waterbury Roundabout that goes to my predecessor, Lisa Scalotti, who has basically single-handedly saved journalism in that area, but also with the help of CNS reporters. We're expanding into the Times Inc. in Richmond and Underhill. You know, hopefully by this semester is over, they will have a website that's accessible to more of their readers. The successes come on a weekly basis with every story that we publish, I think. They come whenever we can strengthen a newspaper or even just publish a story that otherwise would not have been written. Honestly, throughout this interview, I've kind of learned why I appreciate it so much. You know, I'm kind of like analyzing it now myself and thinking about it and being like, wow, how lucky am I that I get to be in this really unique space and that I get to report on local news. I feel like that's such a special thing that I get to do. And the only reason I get to do that is because of CNS. If you're a editor or a publisher of a local newspaper out there in Vermont, especially, and would like to know about what we can do to help, please reach out. And if you are perhaps a a journalism professor or a public communications professor out there and feel like you might have a group of students who can help out the struggling local media economy, get in touch because we are an open book and are happy to share how we run the program and and how we can perhaps help you get one off the ground. I think this is a model that is not necessarily unique to Vermont, although we do have built-in advantages being such a locally focused state, but I think that this model can work um, in any college town. We want to hear from you and we want to we want to help. I'm Leah Kelleher and you've been listening to Local Wire. You can find more Vermont news stories by visiting our website, communitynewsservice.net, or by searching Local Wire wherever you get your podcasts.